Well, we are right in the middle of a very short sermon series called Living, Loving, and Giving in His Name, in His Name. And last week I had two texts that kind of prepared us for this. We heard, in His name, the people will place their hope. In His name, there is reason for hope. And secondly, Jesus said, very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. Our call is to do the work that Jesus Christ did while he was here on earth. In his name, we are to do this work. And today we're going to see that that work is indeed love, loving in his name. We have three very different worship services over the course of a weekend. And last night at the Saturday service, our call to worship said this, The love of God has no beginning and no end. It is limitless We are children of God, made in God's image. We are children of love. Love lives inside us, shaping us to be love in a hurting world. Even though we may fall short of perfect love, God is not finished with us yet. So we come into God's presence to be renewed. We come to be reminded and to respond in love to others. Which brings us to loving in his name. And right away at the, at the welcome, I said, I'm really just going to have two points. And both of them are going to be drawn from the scripture lesson I'm going to read. And the first is that to love in his name means that we, to, we are to lay our life down. And I'm going to explain what that means because it doesn't always mean give our life up to death. But the second one, the one that really resonates with us this week, is that to love in his name means that we need to put our love into action. It has to be more than just word or thought, and I will explain that further. I'm wearing this stole. This is the first time I've worn this stole uh, since I've been the pastor here, which means for six years. Um, I've worn this, I haven't worn this stole, and these are handprints from children the same age as the children in Texas that were impacted uh, this week. This was from a Sunday school class at one of the churches I have served over the last 30 years. But this week, we put out a letter via constant contact, and I'm I'm aware that not everyone here receives our constant contact emails. Um, Some have actually blocked it. Maybe that's because we send too many out, and we have to be careful with how often we send them out. But I think it's important that I share with you today what I shared with those who were able to see it this week Here is my letter. It is with a heavy heart that I write to you this afternoon. By now, we have all most certainly seen the images and heard the stories from the latest mass shooting in our country. As of May 25th, when I wrote this letter, there have been 213 mass shooting events in the United States with a combined 1,165 victims. Of these victims, 922 were injured, 243 were killed. This is not okay. And I want to pause right there. This morning when I woke up, as I do every Sunday morning, I I always try and look at the news real quick to make sure that if something in the world happened, that there needs to be a response from the pulpit, I am prepared. And and what did I see this morning when when I put on the news? Another shooting in Chattanooga, Tennessee in the, in the wee hours of the morning. My letter continued, Scripture tells us that God draws close to the crushed in spirit. It says that in Psalm 34. 
It is my prayer that the families of the victims can feel that presence in this unthinkable time. I have included a prayer I cobbled together for you to pray if you desire or are struggling to find your own words right now. And there was also a link in there to uh, a call for action that was put out by the United Methodist Council of Bishops, a call to action in response to this. There are some copies on the ledge outside the office, or if you just want to read it, it is up on Nell's bulletin board in the hallway that leads out to Dan Berry there. But this is the prayer that I offered up. I'd like to pray it this morning. Loving Christ, you came to bring us peace. We turn to you now in overwhelming sorrow. We hear the sounds of fear, the echoes of gunshots, once again and again and again. How can we end this nightmare of violence How can we build a world of inclusion, of solidarity? Give us the grace to reflect deeply and to work ceaselessly to heal the hearts, to stop gun violence against, to cherish all God's children. Lord, you endured violent suffering to bring us light. We pray for the dead. May they rest in peace. We pray for the wounded. May they find healing. We pray for our nation, may we end the hate. We pray for our global family, may we learn we are one. And so, God of us all, turn our sadness into compassion. Turn our tiredness into advocacy. Turn our paralysis into the freedom to act. Help us to be compassionate, to advocate and to act as your Son did. In his name, amen. And we know exactly what this son did and what he said. In John 15, it says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Now, there are a number of biblical scholars that believe the little letters of John, they're right there at the very end, just before the revelation, these little letters of John were actually written to be a commentary on the gospel of John. And I did a sermon series here maybe five years ago called The Book of Love, which was a sermon series based on 1 John's letter. And and this is what John has to say in chapter 3, starting with verse 16. I'm reading from the New Revised Standard, which is what's going to be on the screen. It's also what's in your pubex right there. It says this, We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses to help? Little children, let us love, not in word or speech, but in truth and action. And by this we will know that we were from the truth and will reassure our hearts before him whenever our hearts condemn us. For God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have boldness before God and we receive whatever we ask because we obey his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment, that we should believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he has commanded us. All who obey his commandments abide in him 
and he abides in them. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit that he has given us. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, on Sunday night, our music is led by Sue Stanley, and Sue and her husband, Tony, over spring break for the Whitefish Bay School District, took their son, Jacob, um, on a road trip. They thought it was time for him to go and see Washington, D.C., to go through those museums, to see the historic things that are there, and they drove there, and that's, that's kind of a long drive, and as they were driving, they had the radio on. And as Sue tells it, the DJ that came on the radio said this, we need to be aware or careful of people who are too liberal with their definition of love. Beware of people who are too liberal with the way in which they define love. And for those of you that know Sue, you know that uh, she was not happy about that at all. If there was any way that she could have stuck her hand in that radio and pulled out this person, she might have done just that. To love in his name means to have a love that is liberal, that extends to everyone, because Jesus loved everyone. But this is the quote that Sue gave me. She said, this is the kind of love, this liberal love of Jesus, this is the kind of love that when gone unchecked, unstopped, undenied, can turn the world upside down for goodness, for peace for safety, for love. And so, brothers and sisters, our highest calling is to love others just as Christ has loved us. We are to love not just in word or speech, but in genuine acts that address real situations, the real needs of other people. And so I love the fact that we are a thinking church. You, you, you really appreciate when I ask you questions to reflect on. So let me ask you four questions for reflection Ask yourself, when have I seen someone express love in a sacrificial way? Now, for many of us, we would go to our parents or a grandparent with, with that, the sacrificial way they loved us. A second question, when have I personally experienced the love of others in a transforming way? Love has the power to transform. A third question, and maybe this is the one that that resonates with absolutely everybody. When have I found it difficult to love others? When have I found it difficult to love others? And finally, when have I said I love someone or that I would do something for them but failed to act on my words? Because those words never became action. And so in this text, as I teased at the beginning, there are really two things that I see about what it means to love in his name. And the very first thing is to love in his name means to lay down our lives for others. And this is Memorial Day weekend, a day in which we as a country remember what they used to call the war dead and it was first observed in 1866. And many of us have had ancestors or relatives or maybe even siblings who have paid the ultimate price. Many others have had family members serve and have come back wounded, whether physically or emotionally. And others of us have had people have gone off and have come back to us very much the same. But Jesus teaches us what love is and what God is like. And Jesus gives us an example of a self-giving, sacrificial love. 
What does it mean to lay down our life for someone other, someone else? Does it mean the same kind of thing that we're celebrating on Memorial Day weekend, or is it different? The phrase easily evokes a once-in-a-lifetime, matter of fact, kind of the last event-in-a-lifetime kind of act of heroism. Some think about firefighters or rescuers or first responders who are running into a building or a situation that everyone else is running away from. Some people think of heroes of faith like Dietrich Bonhoeffer who, who, who was uh, executed just before the liberation because he stood up to, to uh, kind of fight against what uh, Adolf Hitler was doing. We think of Dr. King, we think of Archbishop Oscar Romero, all of whom died for their faith. It is a lofty and distant ideal of a heroic, self-sacrificing act that John really is writing to when he said, laying down our lives for others. But that doesn't mean that it's limited to great acts of heroism. It doesn't mean that laying down our life for someone means that we die for a cause. To lay down our life for another is simply to respond to people in need. How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods but sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses to help? That's right from Scripture. To lay down one's life for others means opening our hearts to the needs of people around us, which means practical, concrete things that we do for the other, for one another. And so I invite you to reflect on what it means for you to lay down your life when you go to work on, yay, Tuesday, or what it means to lay down your life at your office or your neighborhood or your community or your church or at school. In our society, there is such a stark contrast for the love of the other person versus self-preoccupation and narcissism. And so John, just a few verses after what I read for you, says this, Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. But given what has happened, I think our second point is what most people are going to remember from this, from this message. Love is always active. We heard John say, little children, let us love not in word or speech, but in truth and in action. Have you ever reflected on the nature of the true Christian love as it is grounded in the true nature and character of God and incarnation? Such love is not simply an emotion we feel or an idea that we talk about. No, it moves us. As God in Jesus Christ showed suffering love for us in the painful act of laying down his life for us on the cross, so too are we called to act for others. To act for the innocent, the powerless, the victimized. Love is something that we do, not something that we simply believe. It is not pious talk, but it is committed action. Love sees. Love has eyes that sees pain, suffering, and the need of friends and neighbors, maybe even an enemy, and chooses to do something about it. Love is practical and concrete, not abstract or theoretical. It is commonplace in business or in organizations to identify that something is wrong, but then do nothing about it. All they ever do is talk. They fail to act. 
But brothers and sisters, now is a time for action. Given what is happening, given what we're seeing, now is a time for action. The last two weeks, we have brought in new members to our church And the questions that I ask them, they respond to with affirmation. On behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world? And everyone said yes. And then I said, do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? And people said, I do. And to resist evil, injustice, and oppression means more than just talk. And as I am all aware, gun violence violates loving in his name. And we know it to be true that our human condition means that our capacity for evil and hate is indeed incredible. I kind of talked about Andrew's son just before the children's moment about his success in uh, track and field, and yet his daughter was one of those high school students that was sitting on the football field at Whitefish Bay High School because they had to act. They wanted to be heard. They were basically saying, this is not okay. Last year, here at home in the greater Milwaukee metro area, we set a record. Not the kind of track and field record that we want to celebrate, but we set a horrible record last year in 2021. It was the year with the most gun violence that we have ever experienced. And on Friday night, as Janet and I were preparing to go and see a movie, we went to see Top Gun Maverick. Remember, we were teenagers when we first saw it. But uh, when we were going, the news was on. And it said, as of that date, Friday's date, we were way ahead of last year's pace with gun violence in our community. It looks like we're going to have two years in a row setting an awful, awful record. Two weeks ago in downtown Milwaukee, after the Bucks game, there was shooting. Then there was Buffalo, New York. Then this last week, Uvalde, Texas. It never seems to end. And what might be the least popular thing I say at all in this sermon for some of you is that to love in his name means that we are to love the shooters as well as those who are shot. To hate the sin but to love the sinner. In his name, that's what Jesus did as he was forgiving those who were crucifying him so brutally back then. But it also means that we have to have a better understanding of mental illness, of PTSD. I really believe that mental illness plays as much as a role in this as simple acts of hatred, evil, or territorial uh, fighting. As God's people, we need to agree that the spike in gun violence is not okay. And so what is the answer? I stand here before you and tell you, I don't know. I don't have the answer, but will strongly encourage, I will advocate and keep the question before those who are in power. 
I was pleased to read and then to hear on the news that, that, that people on both sides of the aisle are now really starting to, to realize we need to come together and figure this out. Because it's good for, it's what's best for all of us. Now, some people watching, some people here may be nervous. Oh, Pastor Matt wants to take away our guns. I am not calling for the complete overturn of the Second Amendment of our Constitution. I am certainly not doing that. But what I know is not all guns are the same kind of guns. And not every purpose for owning a gun is the same kind of purpose. Nor is it 1789 anymore. I want you to know I am a gun owner. And I don't want anyone to take that gun away from me. My gun is an old 12-gauge Winchester shotgun that was my father's gun. And I have spent some wonderful days out in God's nature, pheasant hunting, and would never shoot at anything that I didn't intend to clean and eat myself. I am not a deer hunter, but I know that every fall there are intergenerational gatherings of families and friends who are part of a time-honored tradition. Not shooting for territorial rights or for bloodlust or out of mental illness or a statement. No. Now, I understand that that's not really the issue at hand, but again, friends, there are different guns, different people, different intentions, and something needs to be done. I do not have the answer, but I strongly encourage and I strongly advocate for keeping the question before those that are in power to pray, and in a way that is a strong action. And so as we look at what it means to love in his name, let me conclude by saying someone needs you. Someone needs you. I don't know what there is for you and me to do this week. All I know is that there is someone who needs you to love them in his name. Maybe it's a coworker who is going through something that they have not yet had the courage to share with you. Maybe it's a single parent who is doing the absolute best that they can but can never make it. Maybe it is an innocent child at a school somewhere who maybe will never feel safe again in a place that should be the most safe. And so, friends, there are possibilities for you to evoke action. Send an email, write a card, make a call, give your undivided attention to what is most urgent. And so my final words are what we heard in our prayer this morning. And so in truth and action, we move awkwardly forward. Strengthen us, O God. Truth and action means we speak when it's uncomfortable or unpopular. Truth and action doesn't look the same to everyone, but it looks like something. Help us, God. Light a fire beneath us. Firm our convictions and strengthen our part in your wondrous story so that we can do your work in the world you so love. Amen.